Hello, this is Dr. Carr Wilson, Doctor of Behavior Health and Licensed Professional Counselor with Covenant Behavior Health, coming to you from the great SoCal. Uh, I'm located here today in our San Bernardino location, 165 West Hospitality. And today I want to talk a little bit about some recent uh, tragic news and tie that into a little bit as to the reason why we are hosting the Faith and Mental Health Conference 2019 here in Coton, California. Uh, I want you to consider the church as a hospital, moving from condemnation to care. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5, verse 31 to 32, this is the message paraphrase. Jesus heard about it, spoke up. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? I am here inviting outsiders, not insiders, an invitation to a changed life, changed inside and out. As an educator who is licensed as a mental health professional and an ordained minister with the United Pentecostal Church International, I thought providing a response to articles about the recent tragic events of suicides by people of faith it's my intention that both perspectives would give some insight into what faith and mental health communities can do both more and less of when treating people living with mental health issues. There are many scriptures in the Judeo-Christian Bible that reference the physical and spiritual aspects of the body of the church being a place of safety refuge, healing for the sick, wounded, hurt, and lost. The church is supposed to act like a hospital, a place of help and hope and healing for all manner of diseases. I would like to submit that if we are truly to be an example of Christ's teaching in words and in deeds, we need to start looking and acting like a place of help, hope, healing, for mental health disorders as well. Suicide thoughts and behaviors affect people of every race, ethnic, age, culture, and faith. This is not a subject that we can hide from any longer. It is present in the pulpit, choirs, small groups, and every facet of life for people of faith. In current news, you may have read about the death of some high-profile faith leaders who recently died by suicide. According to the World Health Organization, close to 800,000 people die due to suicide every year, which is one every 40 seconds. Suicide is the second leading cause of death globally for people ages 19 to 29. In 2016, it was the 18th leading cause of death globally. There has been a steady rise in the number of suicides ever since then. In the United States, from 1999 through 2017, suicide rates increased for both males and females. Suicide is currently the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. And for the sake of privacy, I will not mention by name the recent suicides of people who had faith in God. 
But I do believe this is a direct signal to something more troubling than the acts themselves. As a spiritual leader and a doctor of behavior health, I am in the trenches every day battling and pushing back against the stigma that is still very present in our churches, synagogues, and mosques. For years, spiritual places of worship have ignored and even demonized a person of faith living with mental health issues and disorders. The solution in the past, until more recently, has been if we ignore it, maybe it'll go away. The problem with this response, though the process is counterintuitive to what the place of worship is supposed to be, is as a place of help, hope, healing, we must open the door for honest and transparent conversations without judgment. And I know this is hard. I know this is difficult to do. But as a behavior scientist who believes in God, I assert that God himself made science and science proves God. There is no way to have one without the other. And in the early stages of my development as a behavior scientist, I was surprised to find Judeo-Christian values threaded throughout many other theories of counseling. One in particular that comes to mind is the unconditional positive regard, or UPR, a concept developed by renowned American psychologist Carl Rogers. In the basics of this particular theory, it states that we must accept and support a person regardless of what they say or what they do. UPR is a principle found in the context of client-centered therapy. Unconditional positive regard is one approach to therapy that has always resonated with me. It is an attribute that Christ demonstrated throughout his earthly life. Jesus was known for meeting people no matter where they are, being able to touch them, have empathy with them, and have a conversation with them. Jesus was known for his unconditional love toward mankind, ministering that love, ministering God's love for a generation, for a people that would not accept him, that would not love him. This type of ministry requires having an open and honest, transparent conversation about tough subjects. It's time to start having those hard conversations about mental health and people of faith. Mental health disorders are common among people of faith, regardless of the age, denomination, gender or ethnicity. The faith community has to talk right. We know how to tell you that we love you. We know what words to use. We talk about being made whole and transformed into the perfect image of Christ. However, this has to be done according to our judgment standards and belief. These judgmental standards and belief systems can cause people to feel shame, guilt, and to be dishonest about mental health concerns and other issues. The faith community needs to practice more of what we call unconditional positive regard and less judging because after all the church is a hospital it is a place of help hope and healing for those who are hurting and what better place what better place 
than church for those who are hurting and in need of a safe place to heal, to be restored, than a place of worship. The mental health community has the right ideal about providing a safe, non-judgmental environment where patients can drop their guard, discuss hard issues they face every day. The mental health professionals have a right when it comes to addressing the systemic issues that prevent or impede the patient's ability to move forward and to become a healthier, well-balanced version of who they are. What the mental health professionals leave out of this equation is the spiritual component that makes up the whole person. When treating people of faith, mental health professionals should use the patient's faith as a tool to move the patient forward and get them unstuck. Faith can be a protective factor against suicide. However, faith alone should not be the only approach for a protective factor against suicide. The faith and mental health community should join in cooperation in the battle of removing the stigma of mental health within the faith community. Many health professionals and faith leaders working together can provide a safe place for those living with mental health disorders to start getting the help that they desperately need. Mental health professionals are trained in treating mental health disorders. Unlike most faith leaders who complete seminary or Bible college, treating mental health disorders are not a part of their traditional educational process for pastoral care. Mental health professionals and faith leaders working together can bridge the gap of these two often at odds communities as a voice for those who cannot heal, defend, feed, clothe, a care for the orphan and the widow. The church responsibility is for meeting those needs. The church should be a place a safe place, the first line of defense for addressing mental health issues within today's world. I want to take this time and invite everybody that's listening today to come out November the 1st and 2nd, 2019 at 850 South Mount Vernon, Colton, California. We're hosting a faith and mental health conference where we have speakers who are going to come, who are going to talk about issues of faith and mental health who are going to talk about suicide who are going to talk about depression and other mental health disorders we want this to be an opportunity for people who are living with mental health faith people who are living with mental health disorders to find help and hope and know that covenant behavior health is committed to bridging the gap of mental health providers and faith leaders Recent events that include suicide by pastors and well-known faith leaders. It breaks my heart today that we are still battling this. For so long, I can remember when I first started in this particular career field and ministry that it was not okay. It was difficult breaking into churches. It was difficult finding places of worship who were open to entertaining substance abuse groups who were open to entertaining people who had been through uh, grief or depression or who had been through a divorce. 
And even still today, it's still not widely accepted. I just think we got to do something. We have to do something different because here's the issue. If we continue to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, nothing is ever going to change. And I am one who is committed to never, ever, not within my control, not within my power, not within my sphere of influence, of allowing somebody, especially someone of faith, feel alone, ashamed because they have a mental health disorder. We've got to do something. We have to do something. So I'm asking you to support us. I'm asking you to join us November the 1st and 2nd. Visit us at our website, www.covenantcounselingstl.org and check out our presenters. Look at some of the topics we're going to be discussing. Our schedule of events are posted there. I want to invite you to look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, under Covenant Behavior Help. I want to invite you to visit our Eventbrite page and reserve your spot today. Tickets are going fast. We are limited in how many people we can seat. And once we meet that cap, we're going to close off the registration. And we're going to go forth. We're going to do great things. I'm believing it today. I really am. And so I'm asking for your support. If you can't give financially and support us we were very fortunate to have somebody who was able to sponsor covenant behavior help and they wanted this event free to anybody who wanted to come and i thank god for that but now we have those other expenses that are included within um getting speakers here and making sure the uh, the event place is going to be set up to do this in a place where we can receive this information. We can be equipped to go out and to duplicate some of the same things you're going to see today. And more importantly, that is having those difficult conversations. So if you can't support us financially, I'm going to ask that you find our uh, post and that you share our posts. One of the things I've noticed is that Facebook has sort of slowed down our ability to post this information and get it out there. So I'm asking if you don't mind. That's one way you can support. If you can't support us financially because any gift of any size will help. And every single dime will go toward making this conference the best that it can be. If you can't support us financially, then I'm asking that you share our posts that you help us get the information out there. Again, this is Dr. Carl Wilson with Covenant Behavior Help. I want to thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned. We have a lot of great topics coming up in the future. You can find us on all of the platforms. Signing off for now. Thank you.